Hey, this is Gary. This is Mike. And Daniel. We're not professionals. We're just three addicts sharing our experiences, strength, and hope regarding recovery. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other addicts and to practice these principles in our lives. All right, everyone, welcome to the 12 Step Podcast. This is Daniel. This is Gary. And this is Mike. And clearly, I am running the show. Uh, as Mike will say it finally. Uh, Shane's probably going like, look at that. Finally, they got him behind the mic. This whole thing just puts a warm fuzzy right here. It yeah. does. It does. It does. So, uh, you know, we, we got, we've we put out there that we want listeners to, to reach out to us and give us feedback or email us. And we had one that emailed in. Um, Adam uh, emailed in. And I'm, I'm going to read the following email and then we'll jump into that. But uh, his email was, hi, guys. Love your podcast and the topics you discuss. I myself am an addict and currently attending a 12-step group called Celebrate Recovery, and I'm going back to therapy. So my question is, what if your addiction is wrapped around trauma, i.e. abuse, neglect, or abandonment? I grew up with an abusive father, and because of his neglect and abuse, I found sex and pornography as a means to fill the void. He and I have no relationship, but I find myself still dealing with this, well, with the junk at 30 years old, along with my addiction. Thanks, Adam. So, Well, first and foremost, uh, congratulations to you, Adam, for two things. First of all, you came across this addiction in a very honest way, as a way of means and of dealing with the, the, the chaos and the trouble and the relationship issues that you had in your life. That's the first thing. But even more importantly, kudos to you for finding recovery, yeah. uh, to finding a counselor, Finding, uh, you know, finding a twelve-step program, finding all those things that are assisting you dealing with these particular issues in your life—that's a—that's a monumental step. How many people in the world that uh, that are experiencing this with this, experiencing this particular malady or this particular issue, and are trying to deal with it on their own? So, congratulations yes. to you for yeah. finding that. Congratulations. I have two things as well. The first thing I want to say is thank you. Yes. Thank you for reaching out to us and giving us the opportunity to be a part of your recovery. Absolutely. That means a great deal. I don't, I don't, it, anytime I get the opportunity to talk to somebody or, or, or to help them or share ideas with them, it strengthens my recovery. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, so thank you for letting us be a part of your recovery and thank you for being a part of ours and listening to the podcast. We really appreciate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. He's brought up some some in just really troubling issues, and I it's, I think it's important that uh, I'm glad Daniel is here for a conversation I, like that. Daniel, I am, I am too. I think Daniel brings a, a sort of a depth of of understanding that that Adam is going through. So I'm anxious to shut up and let Adam, <laughs> and let Daniel talk about uh, what his experience was like as he was growing and, up. And I think as Daniel. As Daniel shares some of his stuff, Adam, you might. You're not alone. Yeah. One of the things I love when we sign off in our in our twelve step meeting is talk to somebody. You will find somebody who has problems like you. And I think to one extent or another, I think everybody's addiction is wrapped up in something deep. And the fact that you're in a place where you're now willing to identify that, recognize it, and start working with it is extremely powerful. It is. It is. No, I mean, uh, you know, again, thank you, Adam, because now this gives me uh, an opportunity to, to discuss this as well. Um, 
uh, you know, like the guys were alluding to, uh, I grew up in a very abusive home myself, a uh, very abusive childhood, uh, both uh, my, my mother uh, was very abusive, both sexually, physically, mentally, emotionally, verbally, all that. Um, and then the father I grew up with was uh, very physical, same emotion, you know, abusive minus the sexual stuff. Um, it was very difficult growing up in that the environment um you know you you don't know what's going to happen the next you know the next day the next moment you're constantly you're kind of in this place of anxiety and panic because you don't know what's going to happen next um it creates some trauma and some ptsd and uh some issues there and so I, i can definitely relate to what he's going through um i also have abandonment issues there as well so that that kind of fed into everything um, you know, and then of course, you know, the dad I grew up with, pornography magazines was not a big issue for him in his life. They're under the bathroom sink and it, you know, every bathroom, they're right there next to the towels. And so, um, not, you know, up, up until the point I was 11, when I discovered those, I kind of had a sanctuary, um, when, Things were too difficult. My parents would drop me off at my grandparents. I had that sanctuary, so it was kind of a way to get away from that. and um, That was kind of my safe zone. But at the age of 11, my grandfather had two big heart attacks, and then you know, no one was allowed to stay there anymore. And so that was yanked out from underneath me. So I had to find some other way to cope with this, and unfortunately pornography became that coping mechanism for me. Um, and then it just kind of steamrolled from there. Uh, because, you know, the abuse was happening almost on a daily basis, you know, and I turned to that, and it just kind of became this pattern really quickly, um, unfortunately. Wow. Wow, what a story. Um, I I, I guess, you know, I've known you for quite some time, but I I did not realize that grandparents were part of your world where you could find some peace and comfort and some relaxation from away from all of that chaos, and yet, and at a very young age, that... With, with that being removed, it's almost as like your your security blanket of whatever blanket of whatever it was. Yeah, was all of a sudden gone. Well, it's really interesting because so uh, no peace. Third grade, I got my tonsils out. You mm-hmm. know, and you, you, that happens. You're home for like a week. Um, my parents stopped by my grandmother's house to let to let her know, hey, I'm okay. I made it through surgery. I'm I'm in this groggy, drug up state. And I woke up, I heard her voice, I woke up, crawled across my mother's lap, my uncle's lap that was in the car with him, and into my grandmother's arms. And, wow. you know, they left me there the whole week and a half. I refused to go home. But that was like, okay, I'm in a state, even this stupor, this medicated stupor, it's like, I know where I'm safe and that's where I'm going. Um because going so, home was just not an option for me. Yeah. Let me let me ask you a question. So, how? I'm not quite sure how to ask this, but how? As you started your recovery process, mm-hmm. how did you discover that that it was all tangled up with this trauma in your past? And having then discovered that, how? Has untangling that and dealing with the trauma in your past helped your? I mean, w- when I started, I didn't see it as mm-hmm. a tangled mess. It, it was you like you saw it as a behavior that you needed to stop. 
Yeah, I mean, know. as far as, you know, it's my addiction my is like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's affecting my marriage, all these things. I didn't even realize the trauma and all that was tied into it. You know, it was uh-huh. just like, all right, you know, it's something I'm doing. She's not liking it. I'm going to do this to do this. And uh, that's how I started um, working with, you know, our, our combined therapist. He started saying things and would bring things up and, um, you know, and there were some things that were brought up in the past and, you know, as I started remembering the abuse and stuff like that, it was still minimal. But, you know, working with him, he's like, this is just a giant tangled, knotted mess. Like, we, the, you know, sometimes, you know, we can set aside the abuse and, and work on the addiction, but mine was so interwoven and met, tightly knit that there's just no way we could work on those things. And so we would slowly have to work like a bit at a, at a time. And then as I started actually digging in and realizing, for me, it was just, it was so tied to this. Um, that's when I started actually finding pieces of recovery coming up and finding that things in my everyday life were triggering me that, you know, I had suppressed, but my body and mind had Certainly. still knew oh, sure. and were keeping an eye out for those things. And, you know, I was getting triggered and that would roll me down the hill towards my acting out. Um, which was, you know, I'd always be frustrated. Like, you know, it's like, oh, here I am again. How did I get here? But really, my whole system knew how I got there. And it was identifying things faster and quicker than I could even relate to them. Now I can at least identify those things as they're happening. I'm more conscious and aware of those things. And how is, how is unraveling that affecting your recovery? Uh, I I think it's giving me strength and helping me in my recovery. Uh Uh, You know, I'm now over a year clean, which is awesome. That's a a recent milestone. Yeah, recent milestone for me. Um, The, you know, before it was always like white knuckling, just just agitated. Oh, I got to get through this. I just got to get through this. So everyone around me is happy type thing. And now it's just like, oh, I made a year. This is awesome. It's, there's not that anxiety behind it it's just i have the tools i use them i identify what's going on and it's just this kind of smooth sailing along even in turbulent waters i'm a i'm a big proponent of saying know your whys right you know Mm -hmm. and sometimes finding out what your whys are is can be easy yeah you know in fact, it's a little game I play quite a lot. Why am I feeling this way? Okay, why that? And, and about yeah. after I answer that question five times, I'm usually to the bottom of sure. whatever it is that's causing me the problem, mm-hmm. and then I'm able to to deal Resolve with whatever that. that is, and then move forward. Yeah. Now, in in your particular situation, finding out your why's has been very, very challenging. Yeah. You know, and it's taken a lot of work. And, and however, I want you to know that since you've started some of this really deep work with mm-hmm. Shane, um, there had been a tremendous difference in you that I've noticed in your recovery. Yeah, I was just going to bring up the same thing. <laughs> yeah. you, We've you know, known him for, what, two or three years at least, and and it's been the, the change is remarkable. It's, yeah. it's evident. It's mm-hmm. absolutely evident. And, and even, though, even though the nature of what you're dealing with hasn't changed, mm-hmm. the fact that you understand your whys seems to have given you a level of understanding that helps you deal with things so much better. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
that there was a time when you were calling me two and three times a day completely upside down <laughs> oh, not yeah. knowing what to do. No, I know. You know. And now maybe you swung a little bit too far the other way. It's like I don't hear from you for a few days and I start to wonder if you've fallen off the planet. But 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 you're handling things so much better. I mean, it's it's clear that, that now that you understand your why, you're beginning to untangle that kind of stuff, that it's it's starting to bear some fruit, and that's really yeah. nice to no, see. Yeah, no, I mean, really I'll, nice. I'll give an example. Um, one thing that I've recently discovered and helped unwind is um, while working with Shane, um, you know, he, he posed the question, okay, so what is so terrifying about the abuse and that that you went through? And without even, you know, a moment's hesitation. I'm like, it's, well, it's not the hits. It's not, you know, the fact I got punched and knocked around and everything that is truly terrifying. It was seeing my mother and the complete lack of uh, care for my well-being and safety in her eyes. I mean, that's just how angry she was. That was more terrifying than anything mm-hmm. I w- would suffer. And then, then I realized after that, I'm like, I've seen that in other people's eyes. And that is what would just put me in a tailspin. Sure. And so sure. now I can recognize someone getting angry and seeing that. And it's like, okay, I'm in this moment. What can I do now? Uh-huh. I can choose to let that completely affect me, or I can realize that anger has nothing to do with me. Oh, I'm glad you went there. Yeah. Right. Has I'm nothing really to do with me. That. And it's like, okay, I'm okay. I can deal with what I need to put up, establish any boundaries I need to and take care of myself while they're raging out it's it has nothing it's not my problem right um so you know, said that. yeah even if there's something that i did that made them go that place i'll take accountability for the action but mm-hmm. how they've reacted is not completely my fault i'm going to ask you a question that, that i hope uh, sure. as we talk about this that perhaps it, it sheds some light on maybe adam's circumstances mm-hmm. And whether it's worthwhile or not worthwhile, he indicated in the in his email that he had no relationship, obviously, with his dad. With his dad, yeah. And, and with the abuse and everything else that's gone on there, obviously, if he's in, a, in you know, not in a safe place, mm-hmm. clearly that's a great place. You know, that's a great place to be, not yeah. having a relationship with the abuser in that regard. Do you think it's worthwhile uh, for Adam, for you, for anybody who's experienced this kind of trauma, this kind of experience, to have some sort of discussion with the abuser to say i see you yeah i know you i know who you are i know the kind of person that you are uh or 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 even just a Mm -hmm. look you're still my father i recognize you as my dad but that doesn't mean that we have to be buddies and we have to go golfing together i'm not suggesting any of that but i am suggesting that for me to have to have defined what the relationship is and to say these are the parameters around which that relationship will exist will be very helpful and beneficial to me mm-hmm. because I've identified it still as a relationship. It may not be much, but it just be it would be at least it would be at least mentally closing the door on something there, yeah, or at least setting the parameters to it, which I think would be very helpful. Yeah. Do you think that would be helpful for you? Do you think? Yeah, I think it would be her- helpful for me. I mean. The main thing I keep trying to remember, and it's something Shane has helped me view, is, you know, um, and this is something he mentioned to me, and it may help Adam or others listening. Um, and this kind of helped me kind of turn a point here. Um, and, and the saying is, hurt people hurt people. Yes. 
Um, and when he told me that, I'm like, okay, so obviously someone hurt her for her to do that to me and, and vice versa. So someone obviously hurt Adam's father to have him do this to him. I'm still willing to have a conversation with her, but it has to be in a place I'm safe. So, you know, as I put it, you know, I've set a boundary. Hey, I want to talk about this. I would like to have a relationship, but the only way that's going to happen is if we just we talk about this. It can't just be hidden in a closet anymore. It can't be something we ignore. Right. We need to discuss this. And until then, I can't have a relationship that with you. makes complete sense. So and we have did, that boundary. How did you discover that? How did you come to that conclusion? Talking with, with Shane. All yeah, right. you know, It was something him and I talked about because prior to that, I was in this state where, you know, she would call me up and, you know, like, for example, one birthday, she called me up on my birthday claiming she's dying from cancer. And, you know, I find out two weeks later that's not the truth. And she knew that. And, you know, it, there's this kind of drama cycle uh-huh. she would go through and to get attention. And it, but it put me in a tailspin because, right. like, sure. right. okay, my mom's dying. What, what, what do I need to do? I think I remember. And, yeah. <laughs> and, but then afterwards, I find out, and it's like, what the crap? And so just a just, way of not giving you a birthday present. Yeah, really I mean, it's you know, it's I think I remember well, that not only that, you know, like she still doesn't remember my birthday. Like even then, you know, um, my ex-wife was with me. We were having dinner. She's like, "Oh, is that your mom calling to wish you a happy yeah. birthday?" And she's like, "Oh crap, it's your birthday!" And then hangs up. Like, right. uh, it's the same day every year. But yeah. um, I think the reason I bring that up. Uh, I don't have a stellar relationship with my mm-hmm. dad. I think these podcasts have played that out multiple yeah. times, and that and that has weighed on me heavily. And and uh, there have been multiple times where the question has come up: Is and my dad's you know mid eighties at this point mm-hmm. in time, and so I've I've held off really approaching him and saying, "Look, you know, so much of this shit happened on your watch, and and our relationship was not strong." Mm-hmm. And, and I felt like that being the youngest of four, that you were pretty well done parenting by the time I came along and you didn't want kids and I'm kind of an unwanted and all of the middle of all that. Or, or yeah. So all those things that I've felt over the years and those have been very much linked and connected to my addiction. There's yeah. no question about that. Um, but I have decided in his in these later years that I would like to reestablish and I will tell you that without a doubt, I, I did an awful lot like Adam had done, and that yeah. is is that just simple avoidance. Yeah. If I stay away from this person in my life, uh, that that it'll be fine. <clears throat> and that got me so far. But I've come to the realization that to some extent I, re- I need to reestablish those links on my terms. Yeah. I need to reestablish that relationship on my terms and on the parameters that I set mm-hmm. because that's healthy for my recovery. For me to simply say there's this... There's this thing out there that is damaging and it's hurting me and it's affecting me. And if I can define it in my in my universe and, and according to my standards, according to what I think is important, not that I want to go golfing with him or I want to hang mm-hmm. out with him or anything else, but I can at least simply say when I call, "Hi, Dad," mm-hmm. you know. And and with that, I've done my part. And let it go at that, yeah. Because that's a healthy place for me to have defined for myself. So that's kind of why I asked the question. Yeah. And how did you get to that place? How did how did I, you get to that place? I recognized it through through our group activities yeah. or group discussions, things like that. Mm-hmm. That uh, uh, that these these negative effects, these negative relationships, were having a very big effect on my addiction. Yeah. And if I didn't do something about that. 
to set the parameters according to I, how I see it and how I define it. Okay, so he's my he's my biological father, but that doesn't necessarily make him my dad. Yeah, right. And that's a that's a critical component. I mean, uh, our counselor is very good about pointing out what these things are. Yeah, it's a biological term, not or an operational term, not a, a biological right, one. Not yeah, a biological one. So so you know there are other people in my life that serve that father role, that father figure relationship so much better than my own dad does. Well, yeah. I mean, in my own life, that was my grandparents. Absolutely. And really, in those early years, I mean, they, you know, when I got dropped off, they made sure I was learning how to read, I was learning how to do math. I mean, yeah. I hate to say this, but if you look at me and my siblings, it's like night and day, even right. with me having this issue. Yes. Um, it's it's just completely at night and day. Like, not, most of my siblings now live at home with my parents or with their their the parents of their spouse. Wow. Um None of them have owned a home, um, and you know, it's, most of them just have normal, yeah. menial jobs. Which there's nothing against that, but there's just no desire or pull to be a better than they are. Right. Right. Um, you know, and, and you know, polar opposite. I was the firstborn, but I still wasn't really wanted. I was in, you know, I was an unexpected pregnancy and yeah. all that. And you know, there's still the, my mother wasn't ready to be a mother by any means and neither were was my dad that you know clearly rejected the fact that uh you know my mother was pregnant with me and then she yes. went to some other guy and he's like okay let's get married um How which that must have been for her and then that like steamrolled a whole nother sure. issue with you know because yeah. i'm sure he knew i wasn't his kid and you do the simple math you know uh nine months is nine months and yeah that doesn't fit from when they got married and stuff like that and uh, again, I don't. I, I look similar to my siblings, but not quite like them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those things added up. I'm sh- there was frustration and all that that abuse, and I found a way to cope with that. Yeah, and that's where the addiction came from. And unfortunately, it that just continued to grow and foster mm-hmm. as I got older. It, it caused issues throughout my adulthood, which I just. You know, I had I had a crappy example of how to be married and mm-hmm. how to deal with that, so that didn't help. Um, and then as I'm trying to deal with these relationship issues, you know, I fell onto the old reliable buddy, which right. is my addiction. So right. uh, that 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 certainly brings a point right to the right to the surface, and that is is that Adam, you, Dan, Daniel, and and you know all these other people, all of us came across this stuff very honestly. Yeah. yeah. We were young, we were innocent, we were trying to understand our universe, trying to understand our world, and needed something to help us cope, and that's how we got here. Yeah. And so that's not a, there's there's no shame in that. There's no shame in that at all. Well, I mean, the, the best thing I can I can say for him is, you know, now that he, he's, you know, he's getting back to therapy, he's going to the recovery group, you know, start digging into those things. Yes. Obviously, that relationship and that abuse and trauma he suffered is created this and fuel this addiction all these years yeah, and he needs absolutely. to start untangling that and give yourself time absolutely. yeah it's going to take time yeah. i'm the i mean two years now and i'm just really scratching at the surface right that yeah. no i was i was thinking about adam in a situation and if there was any kind of a practical advice that we could give him and and i think i think one of the most important tools that you have in recovery is um a therapist that you can trust absolutely uh, I, I think that's the number that is the number one 
number one factor for success in any kind of a therapy relationship is do you trust your counselor? Yes. Okay. So if this guy's good and you trust him, you can open up and talk about what's going on. That's going to be a big, big deal. I would, I would put a, a caveat on that sure. because, you know, he's struggling with issues with his dad. Right. Realize that therapist, if it is a male, is not your dad. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, see, that's some good insight. That is. Even... Yeah. That's a great point. I would suggest also that, you know, your counselor needs to be trained in specifically sure. into this particular yeah. area that you're yeah, dealing with. Yeah, definitely with. be a CSAT. There is a, yeah, I would, I would highly mm-hmm. recommend that the, the credential that you would want from your counselor is a, CK, a CSAT yeah. counselor, a CSAT trained counselor. Because there's so many people out there saying, yeah, I treat this sort of stuff. I work with this particular thing who really know nothing about mm-hmm. uh, the universe of addiction. So right. that's yeah. something that's important as well. <clears throat> Now I've lost mm-hmm. my train of thought. So, so you know, if you trust your counselor, you can work with him. And then, you know, and, you know, there's absolutely no harm in talking to somebody else who has some different qualifications as well or in absolutely. addition yeah. to. Absolutely. In fact, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you that the more healthy connections that you can make, the better off you're going to be. If you can yeah. get a really good sponsor, you know, really good support group from your 12-step group. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about family being a, what was it, an operational, operational term, term, not a mm-hmm. biological one? Yes. You know, have some good, healthy kind of stuff, and then realize that you're on the right path and you're doing really, really doing good. really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, you know, because of all the issues with my family, um, you know, I, I don't know if Adam has a good relationship with his mom or if he has siblings or anything like that, but at least for me, because I don't, because I have done what I've done, you know, my siblings are like, eh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of cut out, but... I found that I, I have good, solid friends that do know the extent of things, that yes. do know the truth of things, and they've stepped into those roles. You know, they're like just as good as my brothers, and you know, I can rely on them. I still have, I have a great friend that I've known since seventh grade that he'll just he'll check in and like, okay, what's going on? And I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm okay. And it's almost like Gary. The second question is like, really? Yeah. <laughs> are, are you really doing okay? And it's like, yes, I am. And he's like, okay. <clears throat> I just wanted to check in and stuff like that. So, interesting how many people in our in our circle of universe of friends are end up filling that family role, that operational sure. term yeah. rather than biological term. So, our circle of influence, lots of people out there willing to help. Well, us and the out. nice thing is, we get to build up. We get to pick and choose who fits that role. And if someone isn't doing the right job, it's okay to say mm, you're you're out. You're out. And, yeah. and and there's no harm lost. I mean, that was the biggest struggle for me was separating because I, I felt so I had to be attached. It was my it was my mom. It was sure. my dad. And, you know, no matter what, I have to be beholden to them. I have to do what's best and make this work when in reality I don't. I yeah. don't need to. Yeah. I'm an adult and I can move away from that. And she has the option of being in my life, but there's some requirements yeah. to that. Healthy uh, again, boundaries are a thing. Healthy boundaries, yeah. yeah. And it's good to have somebody to work those out with. Yeah. yeah Got to know your whys. <laughs> I'm okay with you being in my life, but there's a healthy boundary associated with that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's fantastic. Those are all... I, I'm just going to throw out there, when we say boundaries, we're not necessarily... Boundaries sometimes evokes the idea of a barrier. And yeah. And it's not. Right. It's a parameter. It's a parameter. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, this is these are the parameters in which this relationship can exist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's fantastic advice. I really do. I, 
again, I, I think that that's, there's a piece of me that suggests that, that feels like anyway, that that's a healthy thing to reach out to a, to this relationship now with these new discovered boundaries, parameters, if you will, to mm-hmm. say this relationship can exist, but it has to exist under these conditions and these yeah. circumstances because, because whenever we turn our back on anyone in our family, there's consequences for that. It's, yeah. it's hard. It's hard on us as mm-hmm. much as it is hard on others. And in fact, in fact, his father may not even care. Yeah. But it's hard on Adam. Sure. Yeah. yeah and I would definitely suggest doing some work before getting to that point. Absolutely. Oh, that way, that way yeah. you can be, be clear. Patient. There's plenty of time. Yeah. You, you're not... clear to know what you want. Because, you know, yeah. when I began, if I would have said, hey, okay, we're going to do this, I, I wouldn't know why I'm doing right. this. It's just, there I'm it doing it. Yeah. yeah. No, you're wise. Yeah. Wise. Yeah. So that really helped out. Um, you know, and, and again, just be patient, realize, you know, maybe, maybe he's not going to want to do that. That's one thing I had to let go is, yeah. you know, maybe my mom's never going to do that. And I'm okay with, that, okay with that because I know the direction I'm going in. And if I never get those answers, that's okay because I'm still working on my stuff right. and I'm still working on my recovery and getting better. Uh, day by day yeah good stuff good stuff well good stuff uh, first and foremost again thank you adam for reaching out that was uh that's a yes my heart goes out to you and your circumstance and where you're at and and uh you know all that you've been through no doubt about it that's been a it's been a difficult circumstance so yeah and stay again, in touch reach out to us and let us know how you're doing yes yeah no I, I i'm super thankful you know thank you for giving me the opportunity to you know we've heard gary's story you know, I know it's not my full story, but it's still a, a chunk of my story. It's a big we've piece heard of your story. We've heard yeah. Mike's story, so you know, it, it it's made me have to get out, of, climb out of my shell, and be a little vulnerable and put it out there. Yeah, it's a, I think it's very relatable. I will tell you, uh, uh, Adam, that uh, that literally, there'll be a day, there'll be a day down the road when people look to you yeah. because of your experience. Uh, we'll look to you as as one who, uh, particularly if you're able to tackle this this issue of of uh, addiction and find some peace and some recovery mm-hmm. and all those things, that people will be seeking you out yeah. because you your story be... is very relatable. It's a it's a it's a it's a difficult part of your life that you're able to overcome and and yeah. you, and you will, uh, as the steps say, we won't want to, the ninth step promise. We want to close the door right. on that. We don't want to. We don't want to forget it as though it didn't happen. We want yeah. to be able to share it and let other people learn from our, our circumstances. Right. Yes. They will seek him out. Absolutely. You'll be uniquely qualified to do some good or prevent some evil. Absolutely. Yep. And that is a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. Well, we're so, out of time. All right. I, I hate to cut this off, but yeah, no, Adam, uh, definitely feel free to reach out. We'd love to hear what happened, you know, you're where, yeah. where you're going, how you're doing. And um, with that said, uh, yeah. This is Daniel and find the humility in your recovery. And this is Gary, Dan or excuse me, Adam, I have faith in the very best part of you. Do the next right thing. Absolutely. This is Mike saying do the work necessary to find the peace that recovery can bring. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or concerns, or have any suggestions for future episodes, please contact us at twelfth step podcast at gmail.com that is one two th step podcast at gmail.com as a fellowship of recovering addicts sex addicts anonymous offers a message of hope to anyone who suffers from sex addiction check out saa-recovery.org